0: thank you for joining us here on the neutral zone. I am Phil Milani joined as always by my partner in crime, my esteemed colleague, really the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric. DeLalla. Phil, great to see you. Great to be with you. The draft it's here. It's here as we're recording this. It's a Wednesday, but we're putting it out on Thursday. Whoa. I I try to be as transparent as possible. You know, that's right. Well, something, what computer. if something happens? Yeah. You want people to
1: know that this is when
0: we're recording. We're recording on a Wednesday afternoon, but uh, this is coming out Thursday morning, day of the draft. Are you excited? I'm fired up, Phil. The Broncos currently don't have a first round pick tonight. Just be hanging out, watching, but you never know. I mean, uh, crazy things happen this time of year.
1: That's right. And uh, we know Sean Payton has a history, a tendency when he was with the Saints to trade up, so you never know. You never want to rule anything out. The Broncos will be dialed in and who knows what could what could happen. It's unlikely, obviously, but so you never you never say never.
0: We'll be both here covering it. We'll <laughs> yes. be yeah. I mean, I think you'll be sort of like snooping around the war room a little just bit. Just kind of in the yeah, in the air vents. Yeah, that's the best way <laughs> in you the ducks. Kind of like James Bond, uh diehard yep. situation, you know. Oh cruise.
1: Yeah. Kind of like a combination of all those guys.
0: Oh, where he like sl- drops down from the ceiling? Yeah. Ocean's 11. Do you think they'll see you? No. That's right. We've built a replica of the draft room. We've been practicing. And then we switched the screens. Right. You know, and they don't know if it's a real one or if it's not. And the call's coming from inside the war room. Yeah. That's Sean Payton and George Payton's war room. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with those draft rooms? <laughs> yeah, it could be nice. That could be really nice. Uh, we should mention before we continue on that Ben Swanson... Mm. Not present for today's podcast. No, you know what? You know kind of happens this time of year is if um, you might be on the trading block. Uh huh. Like your representation will be like, hey, why don't you just lay low for a little bit? We don't know what's going to happen this weekend with you. With you and um, the possi- I mean, the possibility of Ben Swanson moving moving on from this podcast. It could happen this weekend. It's not
1: zero. It could happen this weekend. He's a uh, a valued commodity in the league. A lot of people are going after him. We, of course, Phil, we released a statement. Ben Swanson's not going anywhere.
0: He's unavailable. But they just keep calling. And you know what? Our responsibility is make this podcast as good as possible. Yep. And so if somebody's offering something, while well, we wouldn't want to say goodbye to Ben Swanson, if we have to, for the
1: sake of the show, we'll do it. It's kind of like... Uh, what is it, client-attorney privilege? If they make an offer, you have to report it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. To your, to your client? You have kind to. Of, kind of that situation. Exactly. We we get paid the, the I know how the law works.
0: Because we have to make tough decisions. We do. You know, and um, that's not something we want to do. We enjoy the flannel. We enjoy the paintings. But if we have to get rid of them for the sake of the show. Yeah, I think a seventh would do it for me. A seventh, yeah, yeah. I think so, too. It would be probably a fair compensation. So. Yeah. We send them A seventh. To take him, yeah, yeah, of course, right. It's a liability more than anything. Really. Yeah, so, can't count on him, Eric. I think today we'll talk about just our final predictions for what's going to happen tonight mm. and this weekend, okay. and then also what what would what would be success to you? Oh, okay. What would be success? Um, you know, uh, are the Broncos adding a big time offensive playmaker? Are they bringing in a defensive stud? Are they moving? Are they making some trades? Are they bouncing around? What does success look like? What does it taste like? You know? That's right. You, you of course, <laughs> wake up and eat success eat for exercise. breakfast. Yeah. you know. So you know what it tastes I know. like. You've seen it before. Yeah. Every day. I breathe it. You breathe it. So what does that look like for the Broncos? We'll tell you. We'll tell you. Uh, Eric, though, before we get into uh, the meat of the show... This is an interactive podcast. Mm. Can you please tell the listener
1: how to get involved? There's a lot of ways, and it's good to kind of go through them here because we will have a show coming up on Monday.
0: Ooh, yes. Let's get some instant draft reaction Draft
1: reaction on Monday. Monday. Uh, You won't have to wait all the way till next Thursday to hear about this class. Special edition. Special edition. So if you want to be involved in that show, you can leave an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com with your draft thoughts. Probably makes sense to leave an email at the end of the draft. Wait until everything's happened. Like if you send us an email after pick 67 and you say, well, why didn't they pick this guy? And then they pick him at 68. Well, then your email is kind of...
0: That wouldn't work. It doesn't really make sense. The back-to-back makes it a little bit tricky. Tricky huh? to send
1: an email. Yeah. So that, luckily there's other options. You could leave a voicemail at 707-neutral. 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 Neutral. Or, Phil, you could uh, tweet at us directly on Twitter, at Eric Delado with an A. With an A. Yes. At Phil Milani with a P-H. Yep. Both are non-traditional spellings, but they get the job done.
0: And no more uh, blue check mark for us. No. We're out there just floating uh, and drifting sea. in the breeze. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. It's tough. But you'll know it's us. You'll know. You'll know. The quality. Yeah. The passion. That's true. The hot takes. You'll know.
1: Or Phil, you could uh, just leave a comment right on the Broncos Ooh. official YouTube page on this video. So you see a pick, you come back to this video. You watch it, you see another pick, you come back to the video, you watch it again. You see another pick, you come back to the video. Each time, leave a different comment. lot of comments. A lot of comments. We like those. Flood the YouTube page with comments. We'll read a couple from last week.
0: Okay. Uh, this one is from Cruising Through Space. Cruising Through Space. You guys still make videos? Uh, yes. Yes, Rude. we do. Uh, if you go to the Broncos' official YouTube page right now, you'll see that we've done a lot of draft previews. A lot. Say you just listen to a neutral zone and you're like, okay, I'm geared up now. And you're like, you're energized for more draft content. Just look all around this video. Yeah. Because there's a lot of draft free There's so much. Sleepers, perfect fits, predictions. I mean, everything. Everything that you could ever want. This one's from Gons Flores. Gons Flores. 18 minutes in and nothing but the randomest rants turning notifications on for when the takeaway video of this takeaway
1: video comes out. Now that would be a smart idea for us. That's deep double views. That's deep. The takeaways of the takeaways of the takeaways.
0: Dominic Cavazos. I think he's commented before
1: Dominic. Yeah. It sounds familiar.
0: Listening to the pot at the gym. Phil's spelled with F Y L L Z. Thank you. Good, bad, and the ugly cry scared me and startled my state. I threw the weight in the air it landed on my head, knocked me out, barely coming to
1: good pod, though. It's true. You you unleashed a little bit of a yelp. I did a... "Ah!" You did one of those? It scared me. It was good. Scared everybody?
0: Scared everybody, but it also could wake you up a little bit. Wakes you up, gets you going. Gets you going. Uh, J. Prez Bronk. Yeah, regular, commenter, frequent, regular. Commenter. Commenter. Hey guys, super important question: What are the top three pizza toppings? Oh, top three pizza toppings. Wow, this is important. I I do think it is important.
1: Yeah. Well, does cheese count as a topping? No, 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 no. Oh, okay.
0: Say you you calling up your your local shop. You want yeah, your to get a parlor. pie. Your yeah, your local parlor. Yeah. Yep. And uh, they say, hey, what do you want? Three toppings. They what got a special. They got a. Dis- what do you yeah. want me to
1: do for you? Exactly. What sort of topping you want on your yeah, pizza? You, come
0: on, hurry up. Yeah. yeah. And so
1: what We're do you, you say? There.
0: They got a deal on three toppings. Oh, three. Yeah, so you can go three. Okay. What are you doing? I what like a doing? little
1: bit of a, Italian sausage. It's a nice one. Nice. Yep. I like some garlic. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I like that. That's all I need. Really? I don't need That's a, all you I doing. don't need a... I mean, if we're talking like... If I can add like a special cheese, like a little bit of fresh mozzarella or... You know, you can go different ways. If you did a pizza okay. that's just like burrata and some... Uh, yeah.
0: I think you're talking about like more of like a Napoleon... A Neapolitan yeah. type of pizza here. Yeah,
1: I would say on on just like a nice New York yeah. slice sausage. Yeah, I'm talking about A little, little bit of gar- minced garlic.
0: Got it. Got it.
1: That sounds nice. Yeah.
0: You do the parmesan and like the hot, hot pepper on top or parmesan, like that? of
1: course. Got it. Got it. But you said cheese doesn't count. That doesn't count. I don't
0: yeah. I think I would do pepperoni, pepperoni, mushroom. I like mushrooms. And <laughs> and then I think the third one. It would be either like an Italian sausage or maybe like um, some red onion, I think. That's like if I'm just ordering a like a New York style pizza. Yeah. Not if I'm doing like a fancy pizza. Right. You do, then you do some fig. If I'm doing a fancy pizza, oil. a little truffle oil, maybe. Uh, I like sliced tomato online, mm. like a margarita type of situation. I love a good margarita. A little basil on there. But those two are like completely different Different. different, different. That's a different thing. Yeah. I think he, I think by saying three toppings, he's talking about like a New York. Yeah, I think
1: so too. Because I don't need three though.
0: Yeah, So I would agree. Sometimes too many toppings not good. Too much. It's too much. Good question though. Thank you. I like that. Uh, Jesse Caffarel commented on here before. Yeah. Um, nice use of the word comprise, Phil. I don't think I use comprise. That sounds a little too too advanced. That's too advanced. Maybe the Swanson. This one's from um, Zenobia K. Dithers. That's a new that's a first time. First time commenter here. These guys are so good together. Hollywood should put them in a buddy comedy. Let's ride Time Machine. I like that. I like that. Get a cookie. I would do
1: it. Write the script. We'll do that. I would do it. We'll uh, we'll be the the talent. It would be good. I mean, I, I would watch that. Yeah. Who would be the villain? Like, who are we Swanson, trying to take? Yeah, Swanson, for down sure. Swanson's evil plan. For sure.
0: Yeah. He is the, yeah. It's kind of like that new uh, um, Super Mario yeah. movie. Like, uh, Swanson's the Bowser. Oh. He's the Bowser. He's big. Yeah. Big guy. Yells a lot. Yeah, angry. He's got that spiky shell. Spiky, yeah. Spiky shell.
1: So, would Sid being it, she'd be like, we'd be like, Sid, we need your help. And she'd be like, nah. Talking about fellow
0: team reporters, Sidney Jones. That is funny. <laughs> That is what I'm talking about. talking about. That's what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: like she'd be like, "Enough she, nonsense, guys. Type, I gotta go back to work." She, yeah, she would be like, um, would be like, come on, trust Wario. us." Wario,
0: Wario.
1: Like, oh, uh, I don't know what
0: that means. I think that's like the evil brother,
1: right? Oh, you think she's evil?
0: Well, it's like um, she's like us, but not. But she's like a rival podcast. So. Oh, got it. Yeah,
1: I see it more like um, like in Harry Potter when he comes back and he's like Voldemort's back. Uh huh. Spoiler. Sorry if anybody hasn't gotten to the. Fourth book.
0: Oh, oh, you're talking about after um, after uh, Voldemort kills uh, Cedric Diggory. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And then Spoiler. and then he comes back.
1: Yeah, And Harry and he Dumbledore. Shook. Harry he and shook. Dumbledore are like Voldemort's back, and, and everyone like, believes. Everyone's him. like, Nah, bro. No, I the I could see us being like Ministry of Magic. Bro, is I could is see like us being like, up. we got to capture Swanson. He's a bad guy, and Sydney's yeah, yeah. like, you guys are being ridiculous.
0: Oh, so she's like the Ministry of Magic, <laughs> <laughs> trying to yeah. cover that up. More just like she doesn't believe our nonsense. What's the teacher who does the torturing? <laughs> Dolores. Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Umbridge. Yeah. Maybe that's what like sits like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't condone no, sure. that. <laughs> we'll have to come up with a better Harry Potter uh, ref- like character yeah. first. Sid. Yeah, but she's definitely in the movie. Of course. Yeah, she's definitely in the movie. And then Scott and Centennial. Ben had the perfect description of this awesome podcast. Quote, in the beginning, you don't say anything smart. It's true. That is kind of what we do, but we're about to say some things. We're about to say a lot and that's starting right now. Eric, let's get into our first topic here on this episode of the neutral zone. Really? We're just talking about the draft today. Yeah, I think so.
1: What do you think is going to happen this weekend? I think there's going to be some trades, some tradey trades, um, you know, I, I don't know when that's going to happen. You know, are the, can the Broncos go crazy and somehow get into the the first round or early second? I don't, I don't know about that. Obviously, you'd have to probably part ways with a player for that to happen. We've heard George Payton and Sean Payton say that's not happening. We've seen reports from guys like Peter King that say they don't expect that to happen. Um, so the Broncos would have to really shock people for that to happen. But I, I do think that there's this there's like a gap here, right? Where you don't have to make a crazy trade while you're still able to, to move up the board a little bit. And the way that would work, if you look at some of these draft charts is if you, if you took uh six pick 67, which is your first pick early in the third round, and then you took pick, I believe it's one Oh eight. Oh, to make the math. 107, 108. On the chart. I can't remember yeah, yeah. quite which one it is, but the value chart. the end, end of the one. One single digit. I think there. it's 108. 108. You, you take those. You could probably get up to somewhere between somewhere around like 55. Mm. So you package maybe you package something else. You get a little bit higher. But I think there's a chance that as the second round is kind of, you know, there, there's like there's a the first round, right? And then you have <laughs> yeah, there is. So you, it starts in that confirm? one. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then I feel like from picks 30 this year 32 to 45, it's like guys that you thought maybe were going to go in the first round that were like talked about. And there's like, there's a run on those guys. Like a
0: Javante Williams. Correct. Yeah. A yeah. guy that
1: maybe could have gone. There's a run on those guys. And then there's like a, there's kind of a marker at some point, whether it's in the mid forties, 50 of like, okay, now we're on second round. The guys. talent, the level of talent changes. Drops off a little bit, but I could see the Broncos maybe going up and getting one of those second round talents. Um, if they're there kind of in the fifties, the so middle of the second round. Yeah. I could see them getting up there just in, in terms of, you know, those first round guys have probably gone guys with every team is like, Oh, we've got four more players with first round grades on the board. Those guys are probably gone, but you go up and you get somebody that is still a, a good player um, and can help you right away. And cause I do think the Broncos need to find at least one and hopefully two or more instant contributors. And so you go up at 67, that's a way to do that. And then yep. I think Phil, if you make, if you go up there, you're going to have to balance it out. By trading back at 68.
0: Yeah, you got to get some more picks.
1: I don't see a scenario where the Broncos trade up from 67 and then just pick Keep again at 68. 68. It, it seems unlikely to me. Yeah. Because then you would go right from that pick, say it's 55, you'd go from there until the fifth round, which is like what, 139, 140, somewhere in that range. You
0: go a long before time before you nothing. pick again.
1: Yeah. And so say you get, say you trade down from 68. You could pick up like 75 and a fifth. You could pick up a couple of really late thirds. I know the Niners have a bunch of compensatory picks. You could end up with 100, 101, and another later round pick. So some options there, Phil, but I guess my, and I went into a little bit of detail there, obviously, but I think my overarching prediction is that there's going to be movement here. We've seen it too much from Sean Payton, too much from George Payton, For me to expect that we're just going to be sitting here twiddling our thumbs and then boom, pick 67, boom, pick 68 and we're done. That to me, it seems very unlikely. unlikely. Yeah,
0: Um, it is interesting. I think there's like sort of two approaches the Broncos can take here. You know, when when you win five games, I think that you need a you need some talent to come in to help uh, get back on track here and get going in the right way. Um I guess we don't know yet from these guys is, does that mean they need like um, a lot of picks like in, in the middle rounds here where they're just adding guys in for some depth spots? Are they adding some guys in who who could play some special teams? Like, do they just need like a collection of picks to be able to come in here and contribute or Hey, maybe they're going through this draft process and they're evaluating some of these guys and they really love somebody early and they're like okay we've got to figure out a way to get up there to get a guy like that we just don't really know um we certainly don't really know what Sean Payton thinks of this roster like he just hasn't talked too much like openly about hey i really like these guys or these guys we need a we don't know we just we're not sure well, the only thing we know is that at the owner's meetings, Eric, he said, look, we're not trading these wide receivers. Yep. You know, uh, that's what we do know. So uh, because there had been a lot of buzz about maybe they would trade one of those guys, get into earlier rounds or whatever. Um, so we don't really know what they're thinking here. Um, I could see them saying, look, there's going to be some guys at some positions like edge rusher or cornerback that are talented enough in different years would be like second round picks but because there's so much depth this year they've fallen and they fall in and maybe you could get a guy at 67 at 68 at some positions that other years would be a second round pick and maybe they're like okay we're getting some good value here um i, I could see them certainly looking at edge rusher i could see them adding an offensive weapon um that those are the two positions where I could see them trying to do something there. But um, I I guess I'll just for the sake of the argument, I'll say they'll pick at 67 68. Wow. I, yeah. But that would be surprising because they do like to move around.
1: And I think even if you picked at 67, maybe you pick 67
0: and then trade back uh, 68. And then you can get like maybe an extra pick extra third. Something like
1: that. I think if you can find a way to get either three top 100 picks. Yeah. Obviously more. Yeah, Maybe you could do that, but like either three top 100 picks or, well, actually either way, I'd like three top 100 picks. So if I think that would be my goal kind of, okay. of um, whether you trade up or not from 67 trade back from 68. So yeah. that you can get, okay, and, and I say top 100, let's say uh third first three rounds. Yeah, Cause yeah, like one Oh two is to me, not it's in there. Yeah. yeah. So that, that I think okay. should be, That would be something I'd be like, oh, okay, now you've got three guys that should be contributors, probably eventual starters, and then you hope that one of those guys is just a really good football player.
0: Yeah, I guess so. if you could take 67 and 68 and turn that into three rookie contributors, that would be an ideal situation.
1: And I think, you know, your point about what do you need here? It's interesting because I don't look at the roster, especially the starting lineup and say like, there's a huge hole here. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, edge, maybe, you know, we hope Baron, or uh, Nick Benito and Baron Browning both take big steps. We hope Randy Gregory is able to stay healthy. So if that's the case, there's not a huge hole there. And then you think, okay, well, who's going to start opposite uh, Zach Allen at defensive end? Those are, that's maybe another place that's a position you, you, you look at, do they have what they need there? But there's not like, oh my gosh, if they don't get somebody here, no, they're, no, no, they're no. in big yeah. trouble. And so then it becomes, okay, well, do we want to fortify our depth and get like three, three guys that can be on our two deep? Or do you say like, hey, when I look at this roster, we've got a lot of really solid contributors, but in terms of you know, we, we've we talked about this last week in terms of guys who are like top five in those studs l- studs, you know, you look at the roster and you say, okay, how many studs do you have? Yeah. Obviously Sertan is one. Yeah. Justin Simmons. Yeah. I would say is one uh, Randy Gregory when healthy can be. can be he certainly played like that early in the year. Uh, Russell Wilson. If he is able to get back to who he Seattle was, Russ. yeah, he Stud. is a guy that you can consider that Judy um, at the end of last year. Yep. If you look at, yeah, Judy at the end of last year, fourth, I believe, in uh, receiving yards over the final five weeks. That kind of shows you his uh, capability there. Uh, But, uh, you know, other than that, and uh, I'm not sure that there's, you know, you hope Mike McGlinchey is that guy. You hope Ben Powers. But just in terms of, like, who can change a game, I think a a right tackle is probably going to – they can help a game not get wrecked, but I don't know that they're going to, like, change it in terms of – that's more of like a preventative Got guy it. if he makes in my mind, right? Like yeah. a right tackle is not going to catch an 80 yard touchdown. Obviously you're like force a fumble. And so these are not in the highlights. These, yeah. These game changing plays. Um, and so maybe you think, okay, well, you know, at 67, I don't know if we're going to find a guy that's a stud, but hmm. Hey, the the way the draft board's fallen right now, there's this guy that we really like. And if he's still there at 52, let's go get that guy because You know, maybe Mm -hmm. there's a, an injury concern or some other reason and he's falling and you say, that's a first round talent, or that's an early second round talent. If we can get that guy, Holy smokes, we got to do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make that happen at the, you know, there's trade off here. So we're going to have to give up another pick. We might have to move down from 68 to get those picks back. But if we can get a, a difference maker, that that's just kind of like a philosophy thing, right do you need do they feel like they need more difference makers or do you just need to to build this thing, exactly. um kind of wholesale across the board personally feel I feel like what George Payton has done the last couple of years is that the competitive depth of this roster and needed like the two it needed an overhaul, and he's done that you know the the roster I think is in a much better place than it's been obviously you need better quarterback play, and I still do think you need a couple of stars which they tried to add, I think, a little bit in free agency in terms of, hey, here is a Mike McGlinchey who can be a top tackle, but maybe they feel like you need another one of those guys and let's go get him.
0: Yeah, le- let's go get a big time playmaker who's eventually going to be a stud.
1: Yeah, and th-
0: I think that's probably what you're looking at if you're moving up to like the fifties, right? Is like a guy who could be a stud, not a not like a top ten pick, you know, is coming in as a stud.
1: Right. Well, I mean, let's let's think about like who the Broncos have tried to like Javante Williams, obviously early second round pick, but the idea was that he was going to be that guy, that guy. Uh, and was that guy. Yeah. And the Broncos have had some success in the second round. The saints had success in the second round. You can still get good football players, totally. really good starters um, in the top 50 picks, the top 60 picks. So uh, that'll, that'll be interesting to see kind of what they do there. Um, yeah, Phil, it just, the idea of like how, how close do they think this roster is, that could all play into what the decision is there, right?
0: Yes, I think teams that are think that they're close, they tend to make more moves in terms of moving up. They try to be a little more aggressive, fill in a, a piece here or there. They feel like that they're, they're one guy, two guys away from really contending. I would say that the Broncos are more in the position where they're just trying to accumulate as much talent as possible. That's right. And also talent that fits what Sean Payton's trying to do here. You know, like that has been one of the challenges that the Broncos have faced here recently is just that the coaching turnover identity turnover in terms of what they're looking for is also affected, you know? And so, hey, what does a Sean Payton guy look like? What, 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 What are the things that he wants in a football player? We got a taste of that in free agency a little bit, you know, big guys, athletic guys, tough guys. Um, I think that all sort of fits the mold of what he likes and what he's, what he wants. Um, But I I would just say, I guess stay at 67 and then uh, I agree with, let's move back from 68. Let's acquire maybe another uh, t- a top three round pick guy and see if uh, you can just start to acquire more overall talent.
1: That's something that Makes Sean sense. also has done in the past is borrow from future years. Yeah. And so it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could say, hey, we're going to give you next year's fourth for, for a fifth this year. You know, if they decide, hey, there's a guy that's fallen that they really like. say you do yeah. stay at 67 and 68 and you take a couple of guys and you're like, okay, well, you know, I want one more third round pick can you take this year's fourth and next year's fourth or next year's fifth and get back into the third round you know that's something that he has shown and it's difficult here granted to to separate what he did versus what mickey loomis did
0: yeah and also where the saints were right you know for a long time
1: there with drew you're feeling like you're really going after it but i you know i was listening to mickey loomis on wednesday and he was Ooh, like, Ooh, this is next level of reporting. It was like, here. my philosophy is always going to be to trade up because if you're trading back, that means you're going to get a lesser caliber of football player and you're okay with that. And that's not my philosophy. Ooh. So that might be more direct than what Sean Payton feels like. Cause it seemed like during the Broncos, Maybe got pre- that from Sean. it's possible, but it seemed like during the Broncos pre-draft presser, Sean was more open to moving back if necessary. Um, but th- the reason I bring up next year is because you do have to remember the Broncos, finally, it feels like it's been they're a million back years. To normal. They're back to normal. They'll have a first round pick. They'll have a second round pick. What? It's, it's kind of like, what? What's uh? happening? And so you hope the Broncos are picking 32nd next year. Yeah. But if they're, if, they, you know, if they're competing for a wild card spot or they're kind of in that mix, you're looking at somewhere between like 18 and middle. Yeah, the middle, the middle, you know, even if you make the playoffs, if you don't go you're on a big middle. run, you're in the mid twenties, you know? And so do the Broncos look and say, okay, well, if we can just like, it's got to be more than a one year plan, right? So if the Broncos look and say, Hey, we can, we can get 67, then we can trade back from 68 and get a couple more picks. Let's get three really good guys in the third round that are depth gonna starters. Yeah, going to be starters, but like they're not studs. But guys, we feel really solid about, you know, swing for a double, that sort of thing. And then next year, when we have a first round pick, when we've got a second round pick, that's our chance to acquire more top end guys to go with a a Simmons, a Sertan, you know, um, whoever else. So
0: that's a long term versus a right now.
1: You've got to think about, hey, it might be fun and it might be like what you want to do in the moment to go trade up to a 40 something to get a stud. But if that's going to hurt you to the point where you don't have enough depth pieces. And now next year, when you do have a first round pick, you've got too many needs to fill because last year you were too aggressive. You know, you got to hurt you. You got to figure that out.
0: Yeah. You can't keep like kicking the can down the road. At, at some point you got to sort of just take your medicine. Um, it, it, it'll it be interesting, Eric. I mean, if you do move up, you got to be really sold on, on your evaluation of the guy too. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, we feel really strongly about this guy, and it's worth, it's worth it to make the move. So,
1: And it has to be, I think, at, at a premium position that you need. So yeah. if that's edge, if that's you know, corner, if that's yeah. offensive line, I, I could see defensive line. You know, those, those things to me stand out as, hey, that, that could still yeah. be a need.
0: That, and that's the interesting thing is like, as we've gone through some of these draft previews and kind of doing our homework on the draft, when you talk about the Broncos need um, and you're reading these other mock drafts, you're reading some of the, what the analysts say edge tends to pop up a lot. But then after that, the positions are like all across the board, yeah. you know, like, uh, and that's what happens when you win five games, you know, you need pieces all across the board. There's dirt on everyone's faces. Exactly. That's what as, I like to, like to say. That's what I like to say. Yeah. So, I do think that it makes sense to have like three guys if you can, um,
1: there and, and, and they just can, see they, what they come in and do. You know, like if you get obviously, obviously, Justin Simmons is a really good third-round pick, but if you get guys that turn out to be Quinn Miners, Greg Dulcich, you know, the, based on what we think he can do, um, Draymond Jones, these like are th- solid players, those are good football players that you need to be competitive. Yeah. Now, the you need to hit on those. You can't yeah, have that's a trick. the Broncos obviously have had times where, you know, not to like go in a dark direction, but like a Brendan Langley or Carlos Henderson, you can't yeah. have those be your third round picks. Yeah, exactly. You've got, yeah. you need, you need the miners Browning. Yeah. Dulcich Draymond sort of third round pick. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, I mean, that is sort of the, the key is that it, it's harder to evaluate some of these guys just because you, um, they're not at the top of everybody's list, so right. Um, and and during the pre-draft press conference, they said, "Look, we've gone through a lot of different scenarios here. We're trying to just make sure that we're on top of really what whatever could happen, you know." And
1: well, and the the reason you like more picks, right, is because even if you're a great GM, you're not going to hit on every single one of them. I think George Payton might have been a couple of years ago now. He said, like, if you can get to sixty percent, I'm pretty sure he pretty said, good. That. like, if you can get to sixty percent, that's great.
0: Yeah, if you're adding four or five guys every year to your roster, I mean, that's what it takes to win. Right.
1: But so say you say you're about sixty percent on five have, guys. Right. But I mean, uh, three specifically, like three, three first, in the top one hundred. Like if you hit on two out of the three of those, that's tremendous from like a statistical yeah. standpoint. Yes. And so you hope the Broncos are able to get. But if you only if you trade a bunch of picks and you got one one chance, yeah. As As you like to to say, there's a 50-50 chance it's going to work out.
0: Either a well or a (laughs) well. Right. 50-50.
1: 50-50.
0: Sort of like a coin flip. Math. Coin flip.
1: So, um, a lot of different options, Phil. I think that it's last year when the Broncos had 64 and they had another, what, 70-something, I think, at the time, 75, Mm -hmm. maybe. I didn't feel like they were going to trade up. Because one, I think they thought they were in a much better place where, like, they didn't need to do all that much that so they were they were going to be a contender. But also, it just it didn't feel like the Broncos had the assets necessarily to to trade up and like what what were the. I just never thought that that was going to happen. I just, this year so you got a feeling. I just have a sense that like at sixty seven and sixty eight, those are gonna be, it's going to be busy for us. Like from the time the the draft board goes to like pick fifty. I'm going to be ready to go. Yeah. And this, you know, when we get to 68 or 67, if if they don't trade up, I'm going to be like, okay, well, are they going to trade back here? Yeah. Yeah. And like really be on alert. Just, I think in part, because we know George Payton likes to trade back. And so that's part of it too is, and I guess we didn't know that as much last year, but like we know how much Sean Payton likes to trade up. And, and so George likes to go back. So right. what I, well, but like last year, that element of, of a proven history of going up, wasn't in the equation Yeah, this year it is. And so I'm like, Oh man, Harder is than Sean going to do what he's basically always done? Mm-hmm. Um, and a, based on the, the needs of the team, which as you said, a lot of people have said edge rusher and the strength of that group. It's really strong. It's strong. And, but I do wonder if like, if you can, if you can get a one, you can get a player that's like, say a seven out of 10, right? Versus a five out of 10, if you wait, and this is kind of a weird grading scale I'm making up <laughs> on the spot, but like- I like it. Even if it's only 20 picks, the difference in player you get could be significant. Could be, and so yeah. there's no point in adding, I don't want to say no point, but specifically at, at, at edge rusher, Phil, I feel like you need a difference maker, right? Got it. And so at that position in particular, if you have a chance to go get a guy that's really special, that makes more sense to me as opposed to like, like we we've heard guys talk. Was it Peter King that said, or who who we were talking to that said, like Sean Payton with his receivers basically counts on himself to make them good. Oh, Albert Breer. Albert Breer. Yeah. And so, if you like, I don't know that I would trade up for a receiver because I trust what Sean Payton can do yeah. for a like a, a skill guy for a a B plus receiver versus a A minus receiver. I trust okay. you feel good there. Whereas like, I think with edge, there's a certain type of amount of talent you need. Yeah. Like athleticism, ability physical to physical skill yeah. that you need. And so like, if you think a B plus edge rusher is going to be there at 67 and there's a guy that you still have an a minus on that's available and you're in the fifties, that's a position where I'd be like, man, I would, I would go Maybe up and get that. that guy.
0: Yeah. I feel like pass rusher, sometimes like some of these guys out there, they do things that you're like, you got to be special to be able to do that. Yeah, no, most human beings cannot move this way, it, no matter how well you coach them or anything like that. So, yeah, I I sort of agree with you there. Maybe the thinking of staying at sixty-seven, though, is that maybe some of those guys could fall back. I know Eric. Uh, we've talked a lot about Will McDonald from Iowa State. Yeah, this is a guy who, like some people say, it could be like a third-round pick. Some people are saying could be a first-round pick. So it's like, well, some of these guys are not going to fall where uh, all the mockers have like really slated them. You know, yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting at that position because uh, Eric, this week I talked to Jeff Legwald. Okay, he does a top 100 list. Yep, seventeen of the top 100 were edge rushers. Wow, another seventeen were cornerbacks. So 34, like a third of the top 100, according to him, are either edge rushers or cornerbacks. So the, those two positions in particular, there's a lot of depth there.
1: Right. You just don't know what the, I'm sure he knows, but the difference between edge rusher eight versus edge rusher nine, if there's a huge gap yeah, there, who knows. does it make sense to go get eight? Yep. And the other thing, Phil, we don't know is, you know, we're we're guessing like what, oh, what the yeah. needs are because... We look we at Randy Gregory thinks. and we we say, okay, well, he's a guy that has struggled to stay healthy a little bit, but when he's on the field, he's spectacular. You look yes. at Baron Browning and you say, okay, some really good signs there late in the year, but obviously he got hurt as well. You look at Nick Benito and you say, okay, he's a guy that you know probably struggled a little bit as a young guy, needs to get bigger, but they could look at Randy and say, okay, bringing in Bo Lowry, we're going to have a really specific plan for how to keep Randy on the field. We see Baron Browning and we see traits that you can't teach that we really like. We look at Nick Benito. We say, we're going to get him in the weight room, all this all off season. And he's going to be able to take a step forward in the run game. And they could view yeah. that as far less of a need than, you know, we, most people think. look yeah. at it as, so, you know, it, it's always hard. I, I think back to a couple of years ago when the Broncos were on the clock at number nine and everybody just assumed when the Panthers took JC horn, that Justin Fields was about to be dialed in and they took Pat Sertan. And I was surprised I know you were surprised. We were you know, all a lot of people were shocked, but it it was like the Broncos loved this guy. Yeah. And they were right. <laughs> He's been really good. But so so all this analysis and there's we've talked about there's so much that people do and there's so many mock drafts and the coverage is so extensive these days, but a lot of it is somewhat of groupthink where you know you you People start talking about a guy and he goes up the board or he goes down the board. We don't know what the Broncos are thinking. And I think that's part of what makes the draft so exciting.
0: There is a lot of group think. I mean, everybody comes out there. They're like instant draft grades, yeah. their reaction, but all these people are just basing that off the hype of around these guys. Right. You know, very few people are actually putting on tape and breaking down things and then coming up with the, their own analysis.
1: Like if the Panthers take Anthony Richardson, First, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people that blast him for not taking Bryce Young. Yeah, but the truth of the matter is, you don't know
0: yet. You don't know. All we know is that almost everybody thinks that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, those are like one two. Stroud's
1: falling. That's fallen. what we know.
0: You think he's falling. You with don't the, think it's one two.
1: S two thing, right? The test.
0: Yeah, the cognitive, uh, the new. Uh, you took that and you actually got such a high score it broke. It broke the thing. Yeah. S yeah. two. The they were like, you're S one. You're that guy. I'm at Yeah. And they were like, yeah. next year I have to take S1 now, I guess. Right. Most people are taking You got S2. a 1,000. 1, yeah. It broke the machine. impressive. It's said error. There was like smoke coming out of my computer. Too fast. I was looking because um the Wonder Lake was the test that they took before, you know? Yes. <laughs> you can just go online and take a Wonder Lake. Of course. I also broke that.
1: In a bad way. Yeah. That one was the other way. <laughs> that one was bad.
0: Um, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll try and take an S2, but I think you have to pay to yeah, you do it. You cannot do it. You cannot
1: just go online and take an S2. And it's, I, it's my like understanding $200. is under dollars They don't, I don't even think that you would, they would give it to you even if you wanted it. The same one. I think I that, it, I think teams, agents and like colleges are the only ones that can purchase it. access to that yeah. specific one. Oh, I don't think they want it going around, but my understanding is uh, it's some sort of reaction. Like it'll put up like four, um, blocks or four colors or something and it'll say red but the red is written in blue and it's got to be like how how quickly can you touch the blue square since it says red but like how how quickly are you processing these sorts of things Uh, it's not math questions yes granted i've this is based on a little bit of research Research. but that's my understanding of it's like a how quick can you process things so that when you're on the field and you got a dn screaming at you yes you're able to read process you're your progression pretty quickly. Yeah.
0: It's supposed to be a little more of a accurate descriptor of uh, what a player will become.
1: Yeah. Kind of like an SAT. Who knows, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it's kind of all over the place and it's kind of brand new. So yeah, as CJ Stroud said on Wednesday, I'm not a test taker. He's a football player. Yeah. Which is a cue comparable to what uh, Cardell Jones said, right? Oh, is that what he said too? He said, I didn't, I didn't come here to play school. Oh, he's there to play football. Yeah. Both, both Ohio State quarterbacks. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, you just don't know what these guys are going to end up being. You know, there's uh, all these teams uh, have all these scouts and spend a lot of money and, and resources to predict the future, essentially. And even they miss.
1: Yeah. Well, you know? and, and think back to two years ago when Quinn Miners and Baron Browning were drafted, I think people are like, oh my goodness, Baron Browning. That that guy's a specimen. Quinn Miners. He's a small school guy. Who knows what we'll get out of him? Quinn Miners, of course, ends up being a, a starter for the team and is, you know, arguably the best offensive lineman last year. Yep. Whereas Baron Browning uh, did not do much his rookie year as they kind of shuttled him between positions. Position. Then last year they figure out, hey, let's put this guy at edge. He's really good. Clicks. But you didn't see that right away. And then last year, you know, Nick Benito was a guy that people were like, Holy moly, this guy fell to the Broncos. Um, look at the bend, it's Von Miller-esque. And unfortunately he didn't do a lot. That doesn't mean that he won't do it this year. Some guys
0: it takes a little bit of time. It takes a
1: couple of couple of years for guys to get into it, but it just shows you that the the immediate reaction to whatever the pick is this weekend. The Broncos could have an edge rusher that's projected to be a first rounder fall in their lap at 67 and people could be holy moly this is the best draft pick ever and it could not pan out or they could have a guy that you've never heard of just buying into the hype Hard for you not to have heard I've of heard of, everybody. You've heard of everybody but I maybe didn't hear of them
0: yeah like how how deep does like would you go how many prospects have you studied
1: well, I, like I was, 200, 300, um, 400. All of Jeff Legwald's top 100. And then David Durden from West Florida. You know that guy, hi. Huh? I know that guy. Sleeper. Very, he's very sleepy.
0: Yeah. Could be, could be like one of these. Like it seems like Sean Payton finds some of these guys that you've never heard of before. Yeah. And then they all of a sudden, like who knew about Taysom Hill before? Sean Payton just found this guy and was like, you're going to play quarterback
1: instead of Drew Brees someplace you're like, what? And boom, success. Boom. boom. Yeah, I mean, Zach Streif and Marcus Colston were seventh round picks. Yeah. Sean Payton's first year, I believe.
0: You find this talent and then Good all of a sudden, football players. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the draft process, you can look at all these measurable things, but sometimes just like getting a guy in your locker room, getting them in the meeting room, you find out what their personality, what their makeup is like. There's something about football players in particular that like, the personality and the type of character they have—it's um, hard to just watch that on tape. Yep. But then when they come into your building, you're like, "This is a good football player." And that's why like those visits are important. That's why like meeting times at combine is—they're important. And um, it's all sort of a guessing game though. But some people are better at it than others.
1: Right. So
0: we'll have to see uh, what Champagne, uh, Payton, George Payton. All the whole personnel department, they've been uh, in the building grinding. They've been grinding. Doing their work. Uh, just let's throw out a couple of predictions. You got a couple of names that you like, Eric?
1: Yeah, I mean, I said it, we recorded this last week, some predictions for the for a video segment. And I liked Will McDonald. We talked about I him earlier. It, yep. uh, guy that now is being mentioned in the first on, round. Yeah, hard and read so on this guy. If he's there, it seems like a no-brainer. Um, I like the idea of getting a corner Oh, corner out of Miami, uh, Stevenson, yep. um, uh, Garrett Williams, I believe, right? Syracuse. Out of Syracuse has an injury that he's coming back from, but a good football player. Uh, you look at some of these running backs, Devon A-Chain, uh, Tajay A-Chain. Spears. I mean, they, there's some good football players that are going to be there. Um, yeah. If you move up the board, you kind of open up a whole new list of guys. Right. And so, We'll have to see who falls, but
0: yeah, it just say if they're at 67 and 68.
1: Yeah. I, I think edge and corner there and, is yeah, kind of where right, I would yeah. go. I trust Sean to find a running back later. Yep. Um, I would, I would pick a, a fast guy <laughs> not yeah, to, not to oversimplify it, but you've got Javante, you've got the some Ajp Ryan. You need a fast guy. Then uh, I can put on the burners a little bit. Um, so yeah. And, you know, I think in terms of, we talk about what would be a successful draft, in my mind if you could find a way to get three uh day Ricky two starters three day two picks yeah and, and have those guys be contributors, contributors um that would be that would be successful and if if one of them turns out to be you know to punch above their weight if you will and be a stud that would be great. great but um you've got a in a in like a baseball parlance you got a good contact here and And hit some doubles. Went
0: out there, yeah. Went out there, get on base, and like let's get the let's get the inning started. Right. I like that. That was a good baseball. uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think we like uh, a chain. He's that kind of that speedster, track star kind of guy. But um, like you mentioned, maybe a guy like Champagne can find that that guy later on. Um, I do think that if you just stick at that spot, it makes sense to go where the where the draft is deepest. So edge and cornerback makes sense. The Broncos. Like, uh, uh, I think are happy with Pat Sertan and Damari Mathis as their two starting outside guys. But as we know, Eric, injuries always creep in. Um, I mean, heck, uh, Kwan Williams played most of last year with a huge club on his hand. You know what I mean? So um, you need depth at that spot. We, Ronald Darby got hurt, and Damari Mathis had to be inserted. We went not have thought, you know, this time last year that Damari Mathis was going to play so much. So you need depth there. So maybe cornerback makes sense. And then um, Edge, you did bring up a good point, Eric, that like there is a collection of like guys there that can contribute, but Randy and like kind of like Baron are the two guys that are like studs. And so if you want to add to that group, if you're just getting just another guy, like is that really making that big of a difference? So that that was a good point. I hadn't really thought about it like that until
1: just right now. Thank you. I, I would say just to follow up on what you said about corner. One thing we've seen, you know, they they like Pat Damari Kwan. Yeah. But we've also seen the times where you want Pat to travel right with a receiver. So you need another outside. And so, in my opinion, if if somebody's going to go into the slot and you want Pat to follow them, well, now you need a guy to be able to step outside. Maybe is, not. K-1. Is that K-1's game? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So it's possible you need another outside corner so that because I, I think we saw that a little bit with the Raiders where they would move Devonte into the slot so that they could kind of get him away from Pat. Yeah. And then Pat would stay on the outside. Boom! Now here's your mismatch on a Bassie on on somebody. Yeah. Um, so if you want Pat to stay there, maybe an outside another guy, guy. makes sense at corner. So it might be more of a need depending on what they want to do defensively. We don't really know what they want to do defensively, right? Because yeah. We haven't heard it, but, um, just something to consider.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, kind of like what Albert beer was saying, maybe Sean's like, Hey, I'm going to make this offense. Good. We yeah. got a couple of Let's offensive linemen guys. Yeah. We got a couple of offensive linemen. We're set there. I'm going to get the most out of this unit. Let's bring in some defensive guys. I mean, that can make a lot of sense too. Then again, he drafted Alvin Kamara with the number 67 pick a running back that came in and was a superstar for the saints. So maybe if he thinks really highly of a guy, and he's like, "We got to take a chain," you know, if that's what they think or not, you know, it's just
1: uh, we'll have to wait and see, right? And I, I would say, you know, you think of the Saints in terms of Drew Brees and throwing the football, and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara and Marcus Colson, teams. but yeah, those defenses physical. will beat you up, yeah. And Cam, Cam Jordan. Jordan, oh man, with uh, like Demario Davis there in the yeah. middle, I mean. Some of those safeties they got over the years. If, if the Broncos feel like they need more guys defensively to be able to beat you up like that, it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's the focus. Yeah. Like, let's go get some guys in the front seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like uh, the other safety spot next to uh, Justin Simmons. Yeah. A little bit of an unknown there, just with cream Jackson uh, not under contract right now. And then Kanan Stearns uh, battled some injuries last year. Or so, that's a spot that's a little bit unknown. So, uh, there's a lot of different directions the Broncos could go in. I think what we tried to do is look at what Sean's like to do in the past. What are some of his uh, tendencies or characteristics that we've liked to pick up on? We know what George likes to do based off the last two drafts and kind of formulate our opinions off of that. But really, this team could do a lot of different, go in a lot of different directions. So. Right. I guess that's what makes it fun. That's what makes it fun. But I think we're in consensus, a successful draft, uh, finding three guys who could come in and contribute as rookies, uh, maybe a couple of starters in the mix there and uh, go from there. So however they can do that, that would be successful. That would be great. Um, So we'll see what happens. Eric, any shout outs that you'd like to get to
1: uh, on this week's episode? Oh, ho ho so many really we'll shout we'll shout out um pete manning i was gonna say yeah pete manning would be uh, he of course announced his 18 to 88 scholarship in honor of Demarius thomas he uh, by the time you're listening to this he'll have handed it out wednesday uh, night at the colorado sports hall of fame's induction ceremony uh, demarius thomas posthumously inducted um should we pretend like it's already happened so i can. Well, like, should, should i say it was a really nice event uh, no, don't say that. Okay, we expect it'll be a really nice event. Yeah,
0: the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame is always a nice little deal. Yeah, Tom Jefferson, I think that's his name. Who runs it? Tom is definitely his first name. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, why? Uh, if, you know, I go down if, those roads where I'm, not I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, eighty percent. Sure. Yeah. So. Uh, they, they, it's a nice event. It's, it's always a nice deal. It's a nice, it's a nice deal. So yeah. shout out to
1: them for doing that. There's some uh, good Broncos representation that we expect to be there tonight. Um, yeah, we think that some of, uh, current Broncos are going to be, current, yeah, some former teammates of DT. Um, and we, you know, we've kind of celebrated on Wednesday DT's career. And, uh, obviously everybody knows, uh, the sort of player in person. He was great guy. So nice to be able to, to remember his career. Um, anybody else, Phil?
0: Well, I was going to say George Carl's also going in, oh, Okay, uh, nuggets, you know, the nice little pivot the nuggets there. have done a nice job. And, uh, uh, George Carl is a guy who's um, I think a, a big-time sports figure here in Colorado, so he's also going in. Um, and then, of course, shout out to Nikola Jokic. Right. The Nuggets have advanced to the second round. To the second round. That was a nice game. Uh, game five got a little bit tense there at the end. The Nuggets fell behind early, and uh, they had to get uh, they had to get back into it. I'm Trying to find out the the name of the director here. I just mm,
1: tough. Well, shout out this Liz a, Gerald's in the yeah, meantime. Yeah, of course. Some good uh, community content going on.
0: Um, maybe I'll have to get back to Anybody you Anybody else? These, uh, okay. Uh, of course, Liz Gerald's. Tom Lawrence. Tom this Lawrence. The, Tom Lawrence. What did I say? Jefferson. Tom, Jefferson. Tom Lawrence. My apologies, Tom. Uh, Who's Tom Jefferson? Thomas Jefferson, maybe is what I was thinking. <laughs> that would be tremendous. I, put him, I sort of put him Too into that. Yeah. yeah. I put him into that, uh, that category. category. Yeah, wow. Tom okay. Lawrence. My apologies. I got it. Finally there. But yeah, so shout out to Peyton, George Carl, Nicola Kitchen, Liz Gerald. Yes. That's a good group. That's a good group. That'd be a fun dinner party. <laughs> know, everybody. That would be good. Uh, George Carl, his takes on Twitter are really spicy. He always keeps it 100. Yeah, he goes after people. I kind of like that. Yeah. That's a good account to follow. And the Nuggets got so close with him. Uh, all, all those years, you know, with Carmelo and Chauncey, 2010, they just ran into Kobe. Can we cut this out? I could talk all day yeah, about that. just heartbreaking. It'll be okay. Uh, and it's cool to see some of these Colorado legends, you know, uh, when you go to this event, you know, some of these guys walking around, it's not just the uh, Broncos and professional athletes, you know, there's some high school guys who, yeah. who went on to a lot of great success. So it's, it's a nice event. Yeah. Always, uh, always good. Yeah, and there's several Broncos. Steve Atwater, he's, he's going to be up there sitting on that stage.
1: That's true. You know, that's what a, he does. Broncos have a lot of representation in the uh, yeah. Sports Hall of Fame. So.
0: All right, Eric, anything else you'd like to say? I don't think so. Okay, that's going to do it for us. We'll we got to go, see. We gotta go cover the draft, Phil. Let's see if uh, Ben Swanson survives this weekend. We'll see. Maybe he'll be back. Fingers crossed. Who knows? All right, we'll be back on Monday. Special episode coming up on Monday. Until then, for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to. The The
1: Neutrals Up.